0: You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. I'm really happy to be here. It's a pleasure for me. I would like uh, to make the most of this opportunity. It's in field to Mare, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1-0. Blue foul shot!
1: Oh my word! He ran around a bit, but Bambi on ice. very, very embarrassing to watch.
0: And now, your host, your host, host. Matt Dool- Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone. I'm the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. This week on the show, I had the opportunity to speak again with Ben Hernandez-Stroud, who runs and writes the Archer's Road End blog. And this is The first time in a long time that I've had a chance to talk with him. I talked with him way back on episode 30 about writing the blog, uh, about social media, which is his work, uh, and about uh, the team, of course, because that's kind of what we were talking about. But that was midsummer. It was right around the time that uh, somebody on Saints Web put out that VVD was being sold for sure right then. And basically all of Saints Twitter melted down. And we talked about that. And, uh, this week we talk a little bit more about social media and it's not so much about, uh, player speculation or, or transfer rumors and things like that, but it's, but it's kind of about some of the things that are being said to one another. And, uh, we talk a little bit about that, but mostly we talk about the team, of course, because that is what the show is all about. And we talk about the win, uh, over Watford in the FA cup and what it means for the team going forward. Uh, we still manage to find ways to question the manager because he makes decisions that we just don't quite agree with, but we try to talk that out work that out. And, uh, we take some listener questions as well. So uh, if you haven't followed Ben's blog, uh, you should do that. It's ArchersRoad.wordpress.com. Uh, the links of course are in the show notes. You can follow him on all the normal social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And, um, I would encourage you to do so. It's not one of these daily blogs or, or kind of hourly things. This is, you know, once a quarter or so. And, What's there is is thoughtful and heartfelt and uh, usually fairly objective, and I really enjoy it, and I think you will too. So give it a chance. Once again, it's at archersroad.wordpress.com. And now let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Ben. But before we do that, I'd just like to remind you that this podcast is partnered with The Saints Report. For all your Saints FC news and needs, be sure to follow The Saints Report on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The links are in the show notes. You won't be disappointed. And now here's my conversation with Ben Hernandez-Stroud, author of the Archer's Road End blog. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Ben Hernandez-Stroud from the Archer's Road End. If you haven't visited his blog, you can do so. The links are in the show notes and you can find him on Twitter at Archer's Road End. Uh, ben, welcome back to the show. Uh, we're here to talk about Watford, the FA Cup, uh, a number of other things going on at uh, the club, mm-hmm. and uh, just welcome back, and, and thanks for doing this.
1: No, it's great. Thanks for having me back on, I Really appreciate it. Oh,
0: no, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, before we get into that, can you just kind of remind everybody kind of what the Archer's Road End blog is, and and what people can expect if they were to to visit it?
1: The Archer's Road End is is a long form blog. I tend to publish. Quarterly usually uh whenever the the, the mood takes me um I'm not you know my my spot isn't news um and constant updates it's more talking broadly about about the state of the club and the fans and also trying to keep a connection with the past because the archers' road end was was a stand at the dell and uh the little the little chocolate box as they used to call it. So it's nice to call back to the the past and and, and maybe remember some, you know, we've had some fantastic players, not just in the past 10 years, but in the past, you know, uh, over, you know, 100 years. So it's good to, it's good to recognize that. So that's, that's kind of part of what I do as well.
0: All right. All right. Uh, You mentioned that, well, leading up to us actually hitting record, uh, you had just written a novel. Uh, Can you give us any insight as to what it's about or anything like that? Or can you not talk about that?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I can talk about it. It's it's not football related. Um, it's it's coming out in the summer. Um, it's it's going to be a novel about a boy who hears uh, uh, messages from beyond through his uh, little Fisher Price cassette player. Um, I've written the first draft of it. I've got another short story coming out, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll have more information in the coming months. But yeah, it's it's nice. It's uh, it's a good outlet for me, and I, I really, you know. I love writing. So, you know, this is what I
0: want to do. All right. All right. And, and you work in, in social media, right? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. So, you know, I've I've, I've worked with everyone from Ministry of Sound to, to the, uh, to NASA and the the British Space Agency. So, uh, I've done, I've done a fair few little bits and bobs, uh, with social. It's my, my, that's my that's my daily, daily little hustle.
0: And I've noticed uh, since the last time we talked, you have branched out from Twitter uh, with Archer's Road in to Instagram and also to Facebook so people can follow you there as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have. Uh, I just just felt like it, it, it you know, expanding it. Socials, what I do. And uh, one thing I like about Instagram is it's just being able to share nice pictures of the old programs. You know, like there's nothing nicer than, than searching through old old football programs and, and and kind of going ah oh, you know that that's a, that's a nice picture um yeah just like just like little touch points on the past and I realized I've got a lot of pictures and I've got a lot of uh, memories and stuff from the game and from being a Southampton fan and I think it's nice to be able to share that um, you know and not necessarily make it all about the here and now because we've been here a long time as a club and we will be here for a long time as a club. So, you know, I think it's important to know our place in history.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I had some, some programs sent to me by a couple of people. Um, Scott Shenton, who's a listener in Australia, sent me a, a full box of stuff that I've wow. uh, in, enjoyed and, uh, both the food and the, uh, I, everything, but the, uh, the Vegement was, was delicious. Um, or oh, Vegemite. Yeah, the Vegemite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah that, that's an acquired taste.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have something in the UK that's similar. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Marmite. Marmite. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, Marmite. thanks.
0: <laughs> but, and then, uh, another guy from the, from the East coast, uh, Stephen Brandt sent me a, uh, another couple of programs and things like that. So I have them and it's like, my wife's like, what are you going to do with those? And I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know where to, where to put them or hang them. So I, I have them sitting here and it's like, well, I will, I will figure out where they go at some point, but right now they're just going to kind of, I'm going to look at them every once in a while, but hopefully
1: no one, no one ever knows what to do with programs. People buy them. No one ever knows what to do with them. Um, you know, uh, they just, they normally end up in a cardboard box and then just people take them out when they're feeling wistful on a Sunday afternoon and just like, look at them. All
0: right. So uh, yeah. Well, then, you I, know. then I'm doing it right.
1: You are, you, you, you're doing, you're doing it right. So you can look at it and you go, Oh, I remember. I, I, I remember when uh, when Marek Saganowski played for us. Oh, heady days. <laughs> oh, Peter Madsen. Oh, marvellous. Oh, Jermaine Wright. Mm, he, yeah, so you just kind of go on and, 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 and stuff like that. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just just a little trip down memory lane. All
0: right. All right. Well, I will be sure to, uh, to get one when I am away and, and over there at a match, I'll make sure I pick up a program just to put in the box with the rest of them. And we can always remember the, uh, the first time. Yeah.
1: Put, yeah, put in the box box along with all of the rest of the, uh, the manager's notes that we have from.
0: <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they have to write something in every program, right? Like every week. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they write it. I think that's in loose. I think that, you know, those are in loose quotations uh yeah thank you very much we welcome so and so team here uh it's really important that we
0: win this game uh thanks a lot for coming on i mean it's nice of, it's nice to say to do that but it, i don't think anybody's really getting the program for the uh for the manager's notes so they can you know see get get some tactical insight cuz that's not what's happening uh and, and i don't want to be too uh <laughs> rude about it but i'm not sure our manager could offer much tactical insight in a, in a program note right now based on some of the decisions he made yesterday and that's probably the most, <laughs> and that's probably the most critical I've been of him all season. But it's uh man, so let, let's let's look at the match. And, and I guess if we should say starting off, it's a win, right? It, it's mm-hmm. it's building on some confidence, I guess, for the guys. Um, we're through to the next round of the FA Cup. I was 100 percent wrong on my team selection in terms of what I thought we were going to put out there. Um, it's almost an embarrassment to put what I put up on Instagram because I I think I got one player correct. Um, but uh, what, what were your thoughts when you saw the team sheet yesterday coming out and was that what you expected uh, for an FA Cup uh, match when we have such a kind of a big week in the league coming up uh, soon?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of expected James Wolf prowse to be rested. I think that he's going to be really important for us in the coming games. I think he's proved himself. Um, he's coming in leaps and bounds. He's one of the players who's improved under Pellegrino. Um, you know, uh, I think that he's benefiting from having a, a set position um, he hasn't always had that with previous managers. I remember Koeman used to deploy him pretty much across the, across the midfield, everywhere from like, you know, dead center midfield to, to maybe kind of, you know, out, out on the right. So uh-huh. having, having, having Prousey get a game in a position, yeah. you know, get games in positions, which he's comfortable in is, is good. Um was a surprise that Shane Long was, was starting. Um, I think that he's uh, Pellegrino's preferred, uh I, Striker. I mean, striker is something that I kind of a term that I use very loosely with Shane. Um, he's uh, he works very hard. But, yeah. Uh, you, you know that that's about as far as I can go go with it. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I was surprised. I was pleased to see Buffal in the starting lineup, and uh you know, uh, it was nice to see that that Bertrand for at least the start uh was fit and available. But then obviously that changed. Um. So, yeah. And it was nice to get an early goal, I
0: think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you were, you were sat on the ground. I was listening on the radio and my only, Mm -hmm. or on the website, actually, my only kind of gripe with it was that it was 10 minutes behind. Um, (laughs) yeah. So I didn't like, I kept refreshing kind of thinking like, Oh, you know, it's just gotta do it. And then I can, I was watching on, on Twitter. People are going, Oh, this and that. And then like the game started and I'm like, I'm still getting advertisements. And then I was, I was worried. I thought it wasn't going to work. And then finally it, it said, and it came on and said, Oh, we're seven minutes from kickoff. And I was like, Oh, well just shut Twitter off and just focus on the, uh, on the radio. But um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. The, the lineup was a little bit, like I said, a little bit strange, but I, I wasn't that unhappy with, with, uh, with what, with what was out there. I thought that that was a statement of kind of intent from the manager of, of this is important. And he's obviously got the confidence that, that Stevens and Hoot can, can continue to play. And Ramey is obviously probably going to play, I think both games uh, th- this week. And he's going to probably sit in that holding role. It uh, wasn't maybe I thought Hoyberg and Davis would have switched positions. Maybe that Davis would have been playing kind of in front, but according to the, according to the, uh, to the lineup that they put out, at least Hoiberg was sitting uh, in front of Davis and, and Romay, but I'm not sure exactly how they lined up once they were actually on the pitch.
1: Yeah. Dave, I uh, tended to push forward a little bit. I okay. think they kind of, uh, I think they traded quite well. I think they got kind of quite, quite a good understanding on that side of th- on, on that side of things, so you know it's nice to see Hoyer play. Um, I really enjoy watching him. Um, he doesn't give the ball away, and uh, you know he, he's a good player. And and the uh, same same with same with, uh, with Davo. Um, two two good players. You know it, it, it's it's funny. You look at that team and you think why are they struggling in the league? Right. It's, it, but but then you know then you go back to what you said about how you posted the lineup. And you had about one player correct in it. Um, you're probably not the only one because uh, Pellegrino likes to spin his wheel of fortune before the game and decide who's playing. So, you know, it's quite quite confusing. I, I, what I wouldn't give sometimes for a settled lineup. I know rotation has to happen, but you know, sometimes I, I think it's so important. Players play alongside each other week in week out. Relationships are built. And understandings built. Um, so regardless of what people think about, you know, uh, new players, et cetera, I think, you know, get. I think it's important that that, that, that back line that we have, Romeo sitting in front of Haute uh, and uh, uh, Stevens, really important. We keep that, we keep that triangle.
0: Yeah. And I mean, yesterday it worked. And the I guess the only kind of gripe you can have with the team centre-backs is neither of them are particularly good in the air. You know, they're both comfortable on the ball. They can both pass. But uh, yeah. you worry about them uh, in the area, and I and I actually I, th- I kind of thought Bertrand was sick. I thought I had read somewhere or heard somewhere that he was out ill, so it was going to be somebody else. But then uh, I don't think McQueen's fully fit either, and so so I, I was unaware of what was going to happen. And then of course Bertrand went off injured. But um, let's let's start with the good stuff, which is uh, you know before he went off injured, he managed to put a really nice ball into the box. Um, and I'm not sure who got the initial touch, but I know that Stevens uh, put away the rebound. Um, I mean, it's only four minutes in, but I I think we were on the front foot right from the get go. Is that, is that kind of how it, how it happened when you're sitting in the stadium?
1: Yeah, I was pleased with how how we started the game. Uh, we pressed quite high actually. Um, it was, you know, there seemed to be a bit of intent and a bit of endeavor. Um, so to get the early goal is good. Um, and uh you know, the nice thing is you could literally see the confidence kinda come back into the players after that. The the stadium was immediately a lot more you know, the stadium at the moment's like uh, you know, like a corpse bottle of, you know, something something bubbly, you know, it's so there's so much pressure in that stadium. And just the goal just let it out. Yeah. So it kind of, you know, it helped kind of calm everyone and get everybody, you know, kind of feeling comfortable again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that initial five minutes, everyone's back to kind of feeling incredibly tense again.
0: Well, I mean, we've seen early on in, in the season and I can't see, really say early on, I guess we've seen this season that, you know, there've been plenty of instances where we've scored early on and then it's, you know, everybody just is, is immediately saying don't sit back, don't sit back. And, and inevitably we do. And I think it's, it's normal to, especially when you're lacking confidence to kind of just go, okay, we have a lead now we have to defend it. And you just keep dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. did we didn't do that the entire match though we kind of i think we we kind of went back and forth between doing that and then kind of realizing oh we need to press forward and is that, that that was how it was described on the radio is that what you saw when you were sitting in the stadium
1: yeah it was that that's 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 pretty much that's pretty much spot on and one thing i'd like to say is that i know a lot of people say that we tend to drop deep, um and we do we definitely do but I think that there are two teams in the game. So Watford, Watford were, you know, I'm not going to mince my words here. Once again, they they were they were atrocious when we played them at home. Um, they should never have been in the game, let alone you know a draw uh, when we played them at, at, at Vicarage Road. Uh-huh. And today and, and yesterday again, they were they were they were awful, um, absolutely awful. And uh, but you know they they're a Premier League type side, and Premier League sides push other Premier League sides back. Um, you know, I think sometimes when we talk about it and we really we can be we, there's a tendency to be a bit one eyed with it and, and go that the other team is completely in you know, the game is a hundred percent in our control and we're totally capable of of defining the exact way of playing. You can play that way, but teams will always have chances and teams will always force you back. That's the nature of football. So, you know, uh Watford Watford did have decent spells of pressure yesterday and yes, we did drop back. Um but the good thing about it was that, you know, there were a few opportunities where we broke very quickly on the break. And whenever Buffal gets the ball, I mean, you know, he terrified that Watford defence. Uh-huh. Uh, he had their number. I mean, he did the Buffalo thing of, uh, it was an absolutely spectacular ball, I think, some, some way through the first half um, that, that just looped across to him on his side of the pitch. And I was like, oh, is he going to take that? Is he going to take that? And he just just dead balled it, pretty much just killed it. And it was one of it was like that amazing little bit of control that you can see that he's capable of. And then he tried to he tried to he tried to do a turn and, and put it out of play. Um, <laughs> so that, that's the that's the that's the infuriating element of being fouled all rolled into one. But he terrifies players every time I've seen him play against nearly every defence that I've seen him play against, whether it's Chelsea, whether it's Arsenal whether it's whoever he plays against, defenders are scared of him um, because he's just, he's so tricky. And I think that one, you know, he's, he's, he's getting better and better. That kind of leads on to, you know, the, the, the the knowledge that, you know, the, the kind of why people were annoyed, I guess, when he got brought off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and and you're right, Buffal does scare people because he has kind of these elements of he, he he's fast enough, he can run by you um, yep. and he can kind of, I don't know, he's one of those guys where if you're trying to play with him in the park, you never get the ball from him, you know, and eventually, oh, no. eventually in Sunday league, somebody would just hack him because you're tired of watching him do tricks.
1: And he tracks back as well. That's the thing. That's the, that's the thing about it. A lot of, you know, very underrated element of his game people seem to kind of have this 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 preconception of skillful players that they're kind of luxury passengers and stuff like that. Right. If he loses the ball he tracks back. Um, you know, I've seen him bust a gut a fair few times. Uh so, you know, I think I think he's a team player as well. And
0: I'm not sure he did that last year. I think at least we didn't give him credit for it last year, but I've I've kind of tried to to point out that that's one of the things that I've noticed this year is that he is making the effort to track back and and be a part of the team and he's not in that way he's different than maybe a Mars or an Ozo where he's, he's doing that more often than not. It's not, it's, it's, it is the rule instead of the exception to it in terms of how he plays now. Um, and I thought that, I, I think that helps because I don't think we have the, the luxury of having kind of that, that kind of just the, the passenger player, the, the guy that gets to create and, and not have to do anything else that gets a free role. We don't have that in our, mm-hmm. in our system. Um, and so to have him in and, and Tadic, to be fair, they, they both do it. And, and I think they're, they're yeah. good for it. And, I think Tadic has been better recently um in terms of some of, the, Tad- some of the go go ahead
1: I I think that Tadic gets an incredibly hard time um from fans I really do um I think that he's committed to the club he clearly cares a lot whenever anyone's chanting his name uh he's his hands up straight away he loves yeah. it yeah um he acknowledges the fans um you see the passion when he scores got when he scores um he goes crazy and Yeah, you know, he's he's a trier. You know, he's a skillful player and he tries things. And this is the thing. We're not very patient with creative players sometimes. Uh, with creative players, sometimes 90% of what they do doesn't come off. But that 10% of the stuff that they do uh, that does come off changes games. You know, yeah, he, he could overhit, you know, he could overhit a pass. Yeah, you know. Uh, but at the same time, you, you know, he could a perfect through ball or score a fantastic score a fantastic goal or bring someone into the game who then sets up a fantastic goal so you know I I think I think that because we look at players because we're fed so much globally of all of these fantastic players and I always say this about Messi um, you know you you go onto YouTube and you search uh, you know Messi highlights and you'll get videos 20-minute videos of of outrageous skill from Lionel Messi. But if there's a 20 minute video of Messi's outrageous skills, I could bet you there's a two hour video of, of elements where it hasn't come off. At right. All. Right. Um, you know, that's the nature of being a creative player. So, you, you know, in uh, the same with same with Letizia, same with same with Shannon, same with all of the, our, you know, all of the other wonderful creative players that, that we've had. Uh, yeah. You know it it doesn't it it comes off a lot less than it than, than 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 it works so i think patience with those sort of players is essential you know if you have a consistently if we had if we had a consistent sofian Buffal who played that way all of the time and we had a consistent dusan tadic who played that way consistently all the time uh they'd be they'd be worth 80 to 100 million yeah yeah and, uh, and really
0: those players just kind of don't exist i mean even no, yeah. no matter what your, your line of work is, I mean, their line of work is, is doing this creative stuff and, and creating chances and, and do, you know, I mean, how many times do you hit backspace when you're typing an email? You know, that's essentially what it, what it means. If they are, if they, if they lose possession at one point, it's like, Oh, back up and let's try it again. And that's what we want. So yeah. it, it's just kind of,
1: they don't, yeah, you're right. They don't get autocorrect. Right, <laughs> They don't get a chance to auto correct something once they've done it. Uh, whereas we yeah. do.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, so like you said, it, there are two teams in the game and in every game, uh, Oh, most games we should say, cause sometimes man city seem to just have possession the entire time. But for the most part, the teams are going to push each other back and forth. And so it's not always just us sitting back. And I think sometimes we do invite it, but, uh, like, like you said, Watford had their moments yesterday, but, um, there were a couple of instances yesterday where we put crosses into long, um, I think hard on the ground. And I think he was unable to control them. I think he put them both out of bounds. Um, And then I think the kind of the the downside to the first half is that Bertrand had to go off injured. And, uh, I was listening to it on the radio, but what did you see anything? Was it, it happened? I think it happened kind of off the ball. I don't even think he, uh, you know, I don't think he was tackled. I think it was more of a a hamstring maybe.
1: Yeah. It was his ham. it It was his hamstring. He just went down and, and, and he just, he just sat down off the ball and, once, once kind of uh, he sits down like that, you're just like, no, he's not. That's it. He's, he's he, you know, he needs to come off. Um, So you can just, you can just see it. You can just tell straight away when you see a player and they're not going to complete the game because he would, you know, he just sat down. His whole body language was like, yeah, I can't play anymore. Right. Um, So, you know, we got, we took him off. We brought, brought on that. PM yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's not much I can say about him, really. Yeah. I mean,
0: the the worrying thing there is that's the wrong side for PA. Um, and yeah. he is, you could tell. Yeah. And he's average, I think. Uh, he, he can fill in a couple games at at right back, uh, if, if necessary, but he's definitely not a guy you want starting long term. And then putting him on the wrong side, I was a little bit, you know, worried that we were going to get, we were going to get beat there. Um, yeah. But, you know, and it, it was tough to tell. It didn't, his name didn't get mentioned a whole lot. So I guess that's good as a, as he's basically coming on to play defense. Um, and he did have, a, there was a nice moment at the end of the match where he went over and gave a fan uh, his shirt, which I think has been going around on Twitter, which was, was, is good to see. And that's, you know, that, that's part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But then, you know, we had on the other side, we had Cedric several times. He was having a fantastic game, uh fantastic match, get kind of clattered a bunch of times and and nothing really came of it. Um, and, and he was down kind of injured for a while. And I, there was a, you know, I'm, then I'm worried, you know, is he going to come in and who's going to go to right back? And, that uh, to think that the back line could be Stevens, Yoshida, ho- Hoot, but kind of out of position, all of uh, except for Hoot, all of them, and then and then PA like this could be a disaster. You know, this is this has the makings of being an absolute uh, disaster at the back, but uh, luckily that that kind of didn't happen. But um, going into halftime, uh, we're up one nil. What was the what was the kind of the mood around around the ground at that point?
1: Uh, well, around, I, I think that everybody's just the atmosphere is quite flat at the moment um i think that that's a, that's a combination of factors uh i personally don't think we had a bad half um you know we were quite we were quite unlucky with with uh you know with with, with injuries um but we got a goal and we were 1-0 up and uh watford didn't really look like they were at the races um you know uh so but you know it's it's curiously it's curiously flat and and i kind of I wonder i think part of that was may, may have been down to the fact that the northern stand had the northern stand had been you know kind of split up a little bit because we've given extra allocation to watford fans um so they were creating a lot of noise and, and maybe we were a little bit less uh vocal uh but yeah it, it just seems kind of curiously curiously flat at the moment um which is a real shame uh I think that I think sometimes I think the players deserve a bit better than that. Um, I, 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 genu- I genuinely do. There are a few times that I was, I was pretty, you know, I was fairly infuriated by some of the, 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 the hard time that some of our midfielders get in particular. Um, you know, I think it, I think some of it's a bit unnecessary. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I'm not sure how much the negativity really helps in, in the moment, you know, uh, jeering a player or something like that, or ironically clapping that doesn't, I don't think that does anything for confidence and, and every player responds differently. You know, some people are just going to do that and say, "Oh, I'll prove you wrong." But a lot of, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, that that they are professional athletes, but they're not robots. You know,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I challenge anybody to do their job effectively when you've got someone screaming that you were useless. at. Yeah, you, really. Um, you know, that's that's <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know anybody who did that, and and who would do that. And sometimes I think that it's a lack of common sense as well. Uh, there was a point in the second half when, you know, Hoybier was passed the ball back and there was a huge kind of, uh, you know, uproar around the stadium. Why, why is he passing the ball back? But if they would have actually, if people were looking at the whole game, there was nobody for him to pass, pass to. If he would have passed it forward, the ball or or sideways, we would have conceded possession. So sometimes it's easier to do that. Sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards. And, you know, I think that it's, it's you know sometimes you have to be patient as well because you know we're not we're not playing against you know uh 11 bollards we're playing against uh 11, 11 uh athletes who are also trying to win the game and right. um, because they're a high standard they can change games on this uh, you know they can change games like that take seconds to score a goal so you know uh i think sometimes maybe you know trust the players that we have and just back them while they're out there yeah. they need that more than ever yeah
0: yeah i mean it's a it's a full it, it it goes all the way around you know the the players need the fans the fans need the players it's it's what it's what part of being a fan is about is is kind of you have to realize when they need you to pick them up you know and and hope and the hope is that that the, the team will do that for you for you as well that they will realize that you know they need to perform for the fans at that point, and they will do that, I think, for the most part, and or they will they will give it their best effort, and I think that's all we can really ask.
1: Yeah, totally. It's a symbiotic relationship, and you know, you need we both, you know, the the, the fans feed off the players, and, and and vice versa. So if you don't get one element, the other element breaks down. But you know, it, it, it's important for us to look at what we can do as, as 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 supporters when we're in the stadium. What can we do? You know what 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 does it do to to you know ben, what benefit does it do to boo the players um you, you know off at half time what does that do yes i mean you know it it it's it's expressing it's expressing you know uh displeasure but i think if a team goes off knowing you know these are highly paid professionals who are probably well who are much better at football than you or i so i'm sure they know when they've had a bad half of
0: football yeah absolutely and if they don't man so, we're all in trouble because uh
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, we've had players before who probably don't know. Um, I, You know, we've had players who are probably aren't b- sure that they are only semi-aware they're on a football pitch. But uh, I think the guys that we have now, are, are uh, you know, a few, few cuts above that. Anyone who's ever seen Jermaine Wright play in a Southampton shirt uh, is, is probably, you know, very grateful that we have the midfield that we have at the moment. Okay. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really wouldn't, or really, you know, think think that some of the, some of the abuse is baffling.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. um You know, going into halftime, it's. I'll, I'll be honest, uh, I can listen to a baseball game on the radio, and it's no no issue. I can I I can picture everything. I know exactly what's going on. Listening to a football match, even with the great job that that Adam Blackmore uh, does, I still struggle to visualize some of the stuff. um I lose track of things, and I think it's just because it's you know, I've, I've been watching for a while, but it's still, it's not second nature to me at all. Uh, I still really have to work hard to, to pay attention and, uh, kind of keep track of everything. So, um, it sounded like the game was, was going fine. But then when you look at the halftime stats, it was basically possession was split shots were even, uh, only one shot on yeah. target. You know, it, it wasn't, it doesn't look like much in terms of, uh, of a match, but it, I'm not sure that that, that tells the whole story. I think Cedric had a really good half. Um, I think Tadic also had a really good half. And I think that going into halftime, I think, you know, obviously we won a second goal and we I think we could feel like we were the better team in terms of how uh, it sounded on the radio anyway. But that the fact that we didn't have that second goal and the fact that when, you know, last time we played Watford, we had a good half we went into halftime <laughs> yeah. changes were made on their on their part and and then we didn't and and i was worried about that to to be honest and it looked like they were going to do the same thing again they went 442 early on they brought on okaka luckily they didn't have uh, Troy Deeney to 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 bring on and kind of bully us around but uh yeah. as the second half went when you saw those changes happen were you was anybody around you starting to worry that we were going to give this away or were people kind of just still sitting in the same place they were going into halftime
1: yeah, I think that people were were naturally quite quite worried because of the way that the game went a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, but you would hope that you know that that Pellegrino would have you know would know this is what Watford are going to do at you know at half time. You know, if they're losing, they're going to bring on a you know a big man and some people with pace, and just start pumping balls towards us and you know forcing the issue somewhat. I think the players would have known that, and I think that you know it was important. Um. So, yes, I think there probably were, were some nerves, but there was also kind of a hope of, please just make sure that we've learned our lesson from this. Um, you know, uh, it can't do this again. Can't surrender the lead that easily.
0: Yeah. Um, and there were a couple of instances, you know, going through, I think Bobby Madley allowed the game to kind of um, become more... I don't know. I don't want to say violent, but become more. Uh, th- there was a lot more going on uh, in terms of tackles going in and things like that. That because yeah. he didn't, I don't think he managed the game very well. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, no, it was
1: poor. It was very poor. Uh, we should have had a penalty. Um, Buffal uh, was absolutely clattered in the area. Uh, player, he. <laughs> it was one of those. It, it was one of those situations where the defender went right into the back of him. Uh, Sofiane obviously knew the player was coming in from 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 behind and kind of pulled back a little bit to let the player hit into him um and he went down but really um there's no doubt it was the penalty it was a clumsy it was a clumsy tackle and uh soft should have had a penalty for it um but so that was that was that was that was frustrating i think he let the game i think he let the game get get away from him but uh i, I think that you know In general, um, the standard, you know, standard of refereeing was pretty much in keeping with the standard of refereeing we've, we've, you know, we've seen this season. Um, I don't think it changes through the, through the, through the divisions, Um, you know, something via, you know, video assisted replay. Yep. I mean, I know a lot of people are, you know, the, the, you know, conversations around it are kind of split down the middle. Um, But any extra assistance that that some of these referees have uh, can have and sometimes they need is uh, is vital and also I, I think sometimes to a certain extent you know the post game elements as well um you know things that are missed uh need to be picked up more and they seem to be doing that so that's
0: okay yeah it it was described as possibly looking like a shoulder to shoulder challenge but i've only seen you know 2 minutes of replays because there was there was no tv coverage here in the states for it and yeah um, you know, that, that looked like a blatant push in the back, like, and it, it, it did. And yeah. so, so to, I don't know, I don't know what Bobby Manley was looking at, but like I said, I don't think he really did a, a great job yesterday. And no. I'll be honest that I don't really like Watford. I don't really like a lot of their players. Um, and no. Okaka is one of those guys that I, even if he played for Southampton, I'm not sure I could really ever really like him. Um, but, um, you know, it. it whatever it, it seemed like they uh as the booking started to go on, um you know the game was maybe settling down a little bit, and then um hoiberg hit the the woodwork, I think that was a unlucky from him, yeah, um, but that shot the way it was described looked like an absolute screamer, uh just just a bit high
1: oh that it looked like it was going in all the way until the last minute, and uh just just watching it was just like it was a thunderbolt, and if he would have and you know what if if that would have went in. I think we'd have been having a completely different conversation about, about the game at the final whistle. I think we'd we'd be having a completely different conversation. Um, you know, the fans would have been a lot happier, but you know, those are the narrow margins.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, shortly after that, I think this is where, I think this is really where the narrative of the game changes the most. Um, because up until that point, I think, you know, we were, we were the better team. We were winning. It was a little bit stretched. We hadn't gotten the second goal, all that stuff, but, Having already had to make a substitution in defense, uh, pulling Bertram and having to put PA in due to injury, Cedric struggling a bit at, at times, looked like he was he was in pain. And we took Bufal off and brought Yoshida on. And nobody seemed happy. The commentators were baffled. In my head, I'm always going to try to give the manager the benefit of the doubt um, and think that maybe this is because PA is not the strongest defender and maybe because he's on the opposite side, maybe that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cedric is struggling. So maybe this is, this is just extra, extra cover. But what, what uh, I think Dave McIntyre pointed out was we gave up control in the midfield at that point. And we said to Watford, we are going to defend this one, nil lead from now until the end of the match. And you can have the ball and And here we go, you know, we'll see. And I think that's what fans uh, are, were are are most worried about. We don't, we don't really trust that we can do that. And to kind, yeah. to kind of lose control of the game willingly like that is is something that I'm not sure is is kind of forgivable from the manager.
1: It was frustrating to see uh, because Bufald had such a good game. Um, I think there are a whole number of players that, that you could probably have taken off and, 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 and you know, uh, replaced with with Yoshida. But in the defence, in defence of the manager, um, it, uh, whilst I kind of you know I, I have a lot of problems with with him tactically. I think Pellegrino was looking to reinforce the back line ahead of the last ten minutes of the game, when he knew that Watford were going to just pump balls in, they're just going to kind of you know go long ball, um, you know get people into the box, cause trouble, and sometimes you need an extra sense back in there. And I think that you know bringing bringing Yoshida in there as he did was actually, you know, bringing Bufal off. Was it the right decision? Probably not. But bringing Yashida on, I think Yashida was actually the right decision. So I think it was more the person who he took off. So when you see a player like Bufal have a, have a fantastic game, he's the reason people pay for tickets to go and see football sometimes, you know, like, you know, entertaining, slightly maverick players. And when you see the exciting player get taken off, you're a little bit like, oh, okay, right. So, you know, I think I think I think that to be perfectly honest um you, you know I think it was if I if I would have been looking to make changes I would have probably yeah you know I probably would have made a double a double sub really I would have taken taken Cedric off maybe take Davis off and, and bring Yashida on so I I think I think, I think that, that that would have that would have changed things somewhat um I think that would have appeased people slightly um I think it's more who was taken off rather than rather than the reasoning behind it, which okay. like I said, I think think was the correct reason.
0: All right. Yeah. And I mean, we wind up hanging on, but not before uh, our new record signing. Um, and there's been some debate over how to pronounce this name. Um, we're just going to go with Carrillo. Uh, he uh, he comes on. Um and, you know, I think that was nice, nice for that, but I'm not really sure what he did. I'm not really sure what his role was. I'm not sure, you know, I, I would think if we're going to sit back, you just want long up there just to just say, go run and hold it up in the corner, you know, and, uh, but he came on and I think he had a chance even uh, shortly after coming on and, and was unable to convert. But um, yeah, from obviously small sample size, only like 10 minutes or so. But what did he, what did he look like? Did he look comfortable at least when he was on the pitch? Yeah.
1: I mean, he, he, he looks like, uh, someone who, you know, could, could be potentially quite important for us in terms of winning headers, um, up at the, you know, against, against opposition defenders. I think that that's something we've, we've missed massively, uh, in the season. I think having him as the number nine up front, having him as a linchpin that other players can play off, um, will be in, important. There's so much written about players these days, um, but I, I think that, you know, there's no substitute of actually sitting there and watching them and watch how they perform for 90 minutes. You know, people will look at statistics. People will go on to like, you know, get squawker and go, well, you know, this conversion rate and that conversion rate and 0.2, 0.8. And watch the player, see what they do um, and, and, and actually see what they bring to the game. From what I can see, he doesn't look like he's incredibly pacey. So, you know, it it, it he provides an option. So um, I would like to see him as, as they had. Uh, playing off someone like Long, I thought that was quite an interesting. Having them both up there, you know, Long kind of dropped uh, off slightly and 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 played off um, and played off Kario, and uh, I think that that may be how you know maybe how they play it. um so, you know, I think that some fans may get their wish of uh having having two two strikers in, in, in the starting lineup, although one won't be playing as a striker.
0: Sure. But this could really be what what brings Gabby Dini along, you know, the the yeah, the fact that totally. he's he's discussed playing in the ten role and has done it in the past and uh maybe this will this will be a chance for him to showcase what he can do. Um but right now yeah. it doesn't really look like that's like he's in the manager's plans, but maybe this is the piece that he needs to be able to do that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see that that's like you said, there's a lot, there's a lot written about players and there's a lot spec, there's a lot of speculation out there. Um, so, social media is a very dangerous thing and uh, it is interesting to to kind of get into that. Um, but the, uh, you know, obviously Creo is our, our record signing. Um, like you said, we'll have to wait and see what he looks like. Uh, I, and I think he's going to be. I'm not really sure any of our strikers are good enough to be used every single match. I think it has to kind of go by like what the tactics are going to be and how we're going to do that, how we're going to play things. I think that will be you kind know, of what dictates who, who plays when, but uh, we'll kind of see, but um, you know, t- before we get into the the questions that we, we got from Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter uh, we have a couple um, you know, social media. We were talking about a little bit. You, you, you use it. You've been slightly more vocal uh, lately on, on the archers road in handle, um, any any particular yeah. reason that you've been uh, more outspoken recently?
1: I, I think I think that what we've what we've seen on seen on social media. Someone who works in it uh, as my day job is it's okay to be you know I I, I think it's okay if you if if you you're not the eternal optimist and that you're not uh you you know you don't fancy this player or that player or you don't you know you don't rate the manager I you know I personally I'm you know not not Pellegrino's biggest fan and I, I think that I've Stated that on numerous occasions and I think that, you know, probably, you know, in fairness, I think, you know, I've, I've probably said something that, you know, in, in you know, I, I've regretted at times, uh, you know, I'm human. And I think that a lot of us, are, you know, we all are. Yeah. Um, but what I don't like is bullying and I've never liked bullying. Um. And I I, th- I think that I think that we're starting to see some of that. And I think we've seen a couple of examples of that. Uh uh on 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 twitter um i think comments that were made about about uh you know caterina size uh in what realm is that is that appropriate um i you know i i, th- I think that yes you know football football's kind of you know a, a, a robust sport but this is the person who's the daughter of the the man who who saved our football club this is a, this is a person who she could have walked away at any time after her father passed away, any time, you know, she could have just flogged the club straight away. And she didn't, she stuck with it. She stuck with a project. Um, And everyone talks about Marcus. No one talks about Kat. And it plays into this narrative of women in football, not getting enough respect. Um, Female ownership is treated as somewhat of of a joke, but she's a fantastic business person. And she's a big reason why the club is where it is today. So maybe I just think people should show a bit of bit of respect to, her and you, you know, and also it, it it's a reflection. If all you've got to say about somebody is, "Oh, I think so and sos fat," then I think that says more about you and your your own kind of you know baseline IQ than it does than it than it does to to anybody else. Yeah. So seen a few in, instances of, of of bullying and. You know, I, I think that there's there's two ways of dealing there's two ways of, of, of dealing bul dealing with bullies. Um and my my view on it is that you know sunlight's the best form of disinfectant. You know, you, you call people on it and say that it's unacceptable. And yeah, I've seen some things that are unacceptable. And I've seen arguments in bad faith, you know, as well. Uh people asking questions over and over again, uh the same questions. When they clearly have an agenda, um, whether that agenda is that Les Reed is to blame for everything and uh Nicola Cortese was to blame for absolutely nothing uh at the club, even though he ridiculously overspent on some on on, on players who didn't kind of recoup and was getting us into trouble with instalment payments, uh and so on and so forth. Uh lots of people seem to think everything was better back when we had uh Cortese and back when we had uh, Pochettino or back when we had Kuman. Uh I think it's selective memory and everyone kind of gets, you know, the rose tinted spectacles, Sure. but ultimately we are where we are now and having a conversation about, uh, you know, having a conversation about, we, you know, get rid of, get rid of Les Reed. He's not going anywhere. I can't see him going anywhere. So, you know and also you look at it and for every bad signing he's made you know that people will slate him for um him and and, and, and our scouting team uh, there's a Sadio Mane you know yeah. there's 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 a Virgil van Dijk you know there there are players who have just you know who have come in and, and been exceptional for us so so i i think that it, it some people are just keen to give him as little credit as possible when it comes to signing players that are good and as much stick as possible uh with regards to how the club is run and 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 with ralph kruger as well you know ralph kruger does have like you know a management speak bible that he keeps by his (laughs) by his by his bedside table but i think a lot of the criticism comes from this this old entrenched idea and this is this this is the same with cat as well uh that these people you know there's there's this argument that these, these aren't football people right and you know i don't want a football person in charge of our finances thank you very much uh you know we're a global sporting entity now like it or not that's what we are um you need someone who actually has you know uh, a sense of pounds and pences and, and ins and outs uh in charge of those sort of elements you know people with business experience I i just worry that a lot of fans who call for, you know, Ralph Kruger's head or, 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 or you know, or Les Leslie's head. The one thing that worries me is if they were ever put in charge of the club, I think we'd probably be bankrupt within about a week. Yeah. Uh, and, and there'd be loads of, you know, we'd have loads of players who could, quote unquote, do a job for us on ridiculous salaries, not producing very much. And, uh, yeah, yeah, then we'd be back to having our begging bowls out and... Being being back in in you know we'd be we'd be back in League One a lot quicker if we signed everything that moved than than when we're kind of you know following the current strategy. So that's my so that's my take on it. Obviously there are football there are footballing points in there, but I think some of the some of the abuse that people have received, some of the people who have been picked on, it's been completely unreasonable, and I, I think that it
0: needs to stop. I think standing up for people is, is sometimes it's hard to do. I think a lot of us don't do it. And uh, you know, a lot of people on, on Twitter on, you know, even saints, Twitter are, are some are young. Uh, but you even have some adults who, you know, I work with kids and we talk about digital citizenship and all that stuff all the time. Yeah, And um, damn, I wish some of the people that are on, you know, that are your, my age and your age would just uh, pay attention and realize that some of the things I do are, are, are hurtful and, and unnecessary and, and un- unacceptable to be honest. And, Uh, If they said some of that stuff in public, they would, they would not, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't be standing up very long. I don't think, Yeah, Um,
1: Yeah. 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 I think that just people need to realize that they're talking to humans and they're talking to people. And these are people with families, people who have, you know, uh, people who are, who are choosing to engage around sports and sports is, you know, this is, this is entertainment. You know, I love going to the football, you know, it's. It's something that I enjoy, win or lose. And you know, for for someone to actually get to the point where they're receiving personal abuse personal abuse over something that's a hobby or a pastime, I think it, it's completely it's completely unacceptable and you know, I've got I've got absolutely you know, I've got absolutely no problem at all with uh with, with calling with calling that out.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um well, I think we had some good, some good social media interaction, uh, in terms of, of getting some questions for the podcast for you and I, right. um, on Instagram, Twitter at SFC D E L L underscore I V E R Y or at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. Uh, we have questions kind of from, from each of those. So we'll, we'll kind of go through them now. Um, and, and the first one we have is from Dan Aldrich, uh, Dan Aldrich seven on Instagram. He says, do you think the clever waiting until late in the transfer market to drive down prices? And do you think this is a wise move considering our position in the league? Yes. Another question, he says, do you believe that with Josh Sims coming straight back into the bench a few weeks ago and with uh, Michael Obafemi getting his debut last week that we're starting to give opportunities to our young players or is it more to just do with the lack of depth that we have in the squad? So uh, first question first, um, do you think we're waiting this long to drive down the prices in, in the transfer market?
1: I don't think we're in control of it. Um and i th- I think that that's that's actually uh you know that that's that's that would be kind of counterintuitive i think if you look at transfer fees of you know transfer fees don't go down as a transfer window carries on they actually go up because you know it's supply and demand you know uh there's a reason why agents wait until the last week of the transfer window, and this is probably why you know our deals happen in the last week of the transfer window because agents. Are smart they know that they're you know they know that they can if they can have a if they can have a bidding war for a player between two or three clubs it benefits everybody it benefits the club it benefits the player and it benefits the agent right so of course they're not they're not going to they're not going to advise their their, their client to accept the first offer that a club like Southampton put on the table they're not going to advise you know they're going to say hold on you know I'll have a I'll have a call around I'll see who else is interested if we can drum up some interest. Yeah. And that happens for most of the transfer window. Um and, and you know, we, we do, you know, uh, agents of our players do exactly the same. So I think that yeah, it takes I think that we underestimate sometimes deals can happen in twenty four hours, but sometimes they don't, you know, some it, it, it's you're dealing with so many variables with regards to transfers that you know it's 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 uh it's tough to you know it's tough to say. Uh, we're all impatient. The information overload that we have on, on social doesn't help, but yeah, I still think, you know, I still think that we'll, you know, we, we'll have one, possibly two players in, uh, before the end of the window.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's coming up and I think we need them. Um, and I think, uh, to, to move on to, to Dan's second question, uh, with Sims and with Emmy getting a start, I think are getting a, a debut and, and being on the bench right away. I think that is a little bit to do with with kind of the lack of uh well one some of the injuries and things that we have uh in the squad and and mm-hmm. therefore highlighting the the lack of depth that we are uh, currently experiencing, which I think we're trying to to address, but I don't know if you if you agree with that or not
1: uh i think partly yes partly no, I think that Sims and uh Femi coming in and getting opportunities yep that's that's you know that's through i think Josh Sims is in there because he's good enough to be on the bench um And with over Femi, you know, we clearly had, you know, we had Shane Long out that last game. He wasn't expected to be out. Um, So we were kind of, you know, we were left short and, and, you know, he came on and uh, did did okay. That's why we've got youth players. That's why we've got second string players. That's why we have our youth policy um, to bring these players through there's often this misconception that that just because a player comes through from the youth team that, that that they're somehow worth less than the the ones that we buy in for a large fee but i think if anything we you know we we kind of disproved that a lot over the years so just you know take these players on their own merits and and you know go well we've got a player on the bench let's see what they can do yeah. um you know but i you know I, I i think when we're looking at things at the moment in terms of squad depth uh Nathan Redmond Where's he at the moment? I would be very surprised um, if he is. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he something happened in the next, you know, um, you know, before the end of the window. With yeah, I think he if if not this if not this window then in the summer. I don't think he's happy. Um, I don't think that he's you know. I think that the fans made it pretty clear. I think he's got a very hard time. Um and I think he had a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I mean the most unhelpful thing that Claude Puel ever did for the club was compare uh Nathan Redmond to Thierry Henry because they're they're clearly not the same player. Um and it gave it gave the, the, the lads the, you know these huge boots to fill. Who how can you ever fill those boots? And he was also replacing Manet um, you know, in some some ways, he hasn't helped himself. Um, but, but, but you know, I think that things have gone quite sour for him at the club, and I think that he he's probably looking for a move away. And I think that you know, with the you know with the the the, the potential you know Quincy promise coming in, uh, I think that we could see you know uh, maybe maybe uh, Nathan Nathan leaving.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and like like you said, he hasn't had the best of times here. He's never really seemed to to win the fans over um, for one reason or another. And he he had a big run of games, and I think that's what we we want. You want to give players a chance. And he had a big run of games. He didn't do it. I still like him. I like him as a player. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, if there's something that's just not working. And if he needs to go somewhere else and and, and continue his career, um, you know, go for it. You know, I, all all the best. Exactly. But uh, yeah that kind of wraps up the, the Nathan Redman, uh, chat, but we have, we have two more, or th- actually three more questions two deal with the manager and one dealing with the player. Um, would you rather tackle the manager now or deal with the player first? And when I talk about tackling the manager, I don't mean running on the pitch and actually two footing him, but like answering your <laughs> questions. Um, well, I think
1: some people would love to do that. But, yeah. Um, let's, let's go for the player first, just so we can kind of wrap that up and then we can kind of, you know, chat about the manager a little bit more.
0: Okay. Uh, so Ian Brown, who's at Harry Dunn 999 on Twitter, uh, says Steven scored yesterday, played well and a clean sheet, but still uncomfortable with not signing another centre-back or one injury away from disaster with Bednarak and fading into oblivion uh, with Gardos. Can we afford to wait till summer to invest in a top centre-back to replace VVD? So uh, I give that question to you and thanks to Ian for sending that in.
1: Yeah, thanks Ian. I... I mean, is there a top centre back out there that we can sign? Uh, that's the question. And also as well, uh, you know, I, th- I think I think it's a bit harsh to say Bednarek fading into oblivion because uh, he played against Watford a couple of weeks ago and he didn't seem to be, no, Fulham even, uh, uh, you know, in the FA Cup a couple of weeks ago and he didn't embarrass himself. So um, I think he's 100% ready uh, to kind of play constantly no um but i think that he's he's good i think that yeah we probably do could do with a center back but i think we can wait until the summer for that um we need to concentrate on getting stevens and wesley kind of bedded in building a partnership yeah getting a bit of an understanding you can't chop and change that and uh you know I, i still think that stevens will turn into uh, you know he's a good he's a good defender now. I think he turned into an excellent defender. Um, you look around at, at, at defenses. Um, you, you look around at the defenses uh, around us, and we've certainly got the strongest. Um, a lot of the stuff that's a lot of the problems we're having is down to lack of communication and you know players not playing alongside each other for for long enough. You fix, that, you fix that. You settle the lineup. That's when you start to see, you know, that's when you start to see results. You start to see development. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think, you know, we may be in the market for another center back. But I think that will probably be in the summer. I don't think it'll be. Uh, I don't think it'll be this window.
0: I think that Stevens and Hoot is probably the, the partnership of the future. And at least that's that's how I see it. And I could be wrong and, and whatever. But. Uh, it, it seems to me, that's going to be what we are moving forward. And Yoshida has, you know, kind of assumed that role of the number three center back, which I think is yeah. what he is. Um, yeah. No, no disrespect to him. He's, he's, he's done a job and I I kind of thought he would have moved, moved on uh, last summer, but then he signed the contract extension and he is, he seems to understand his role and, and, and do it very well. And, and that's great. And you mentioned Bednarak coming back in or coming into the team a couple weeks ago. Not only did he play, but he played out of position yeah. and he yeah. did okay. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so that, I think that's fine. But the only thing I worry about with Stevens is, is we've seen it uh, just in the air. He does, we don't really have the physical center back yet and, and we'll see if that comes or not. Um, I'm not sure you, I'm not sure you create that. That might just be, you know, body type and, and, you know, mentality and everything else. I, I don't, I don't uh, know. I think I we know. were
1: quite, I think uh, we were quite spoiled with the fact that at one point we had Font and Van Dijk playing in that position uh, as, our, as our two kind of, you know, as our central defensive pairing. and. You know, both physical players who who were kind of decent in the air. So, um, you, you know, uh, I, I think seeing as he was, he was, you know, he, he's still going for those. Uh, I think that, you know, who needs that element of a, um, massively. He's a tall guy. There's no excuse for not being good in the air, really. I think if you're if you're, you know, if you're a tall guy, because you've naturally got a few inches head start on some of these players. So. You know, uh, invest a bit more time in that, please. <laughs> uh, so you know, um, but 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 we'll see. You know, I don't want to judge them too. You know, I don't want to judge them too early on into their in their relationship. I think a lot of the problems we've had at the back have been down to communication, and also I think that uh, having McCarthy, the goalkeeper, has, has been a lot more helpful for people, uh, the players, because I think. You know they're they're more confident having McCarthy back there than they are having Forster back there.
0: Yeah, well, I mean McCarthy seems to be more willing to command that six yard area and and to talk a little bit more. And yeah, Forster is a big dude, but he doesn't he's not he doesn't move as well. Uh, and whether it's it's post injury or whatever it is, his his kind of inability to to be mobile is is i think to his detriment and when you're that big you kind of got to you know you got to use that that your physical presence and he doesn't do that as well and and mccarthy does and
1: it'll never be the same after that injury um that's the sad fact of it he'll never be as mobile um the damage that he did to his, his 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 uh his leg is just that that won't go unfortunately um you know i think we're looking at a reduced kind of fraser forster um and at the moment, uh, in terms of commanding the area, it's it's and you know in terms of coming out for uh, corners and just generally kind of being more agile. I think we've got the best keeper at the club for for that at the moment, and also as far as kickings, you know, not as not as suspect as as some keepers we've had in the past, and that's actually a relief. It's nice for the ball to come back to a keeper, and, and, and you're not quite as worried about their kicking as 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 we have been before. Yeah. yeah. I like, I like McCarthy. He, he, I feel comfortable and confident when he's in goal. All
0: right. Um, let's move on to the manager and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, wrap this up. St. Foo fighter says, uh, who is at Charlie LNF on Twitter says, good morning, dudes. I uh, would like to know if Mopo was out of his depth at this level. His in-game decisions are unbelievable to say the least. He doesn't seem to be learning from his mistakes. Would you agree? Um, before you, you jump in there, I, I know I jumped on him for the yeshida decision. Um, and, and like we said, maybe bringing you shit in was, was fine. It was uh, shoring up the back. My biggest thing with it was that he seemed to willingly give away, uh, control of the match. Cause I thought up until that point, we, for the most part had control, uh, in the midfield and, and elsewhere, but, uh, what, and, and and it's not a one-time thing, like you said, it's, this no. has happened over and over. So w- what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I think that he may be out of his depth, um, as a uh, coach. Um, I think that some of the decisions that he's made have shown his, naiv- his naivety uh, at Premiership level. Um, and also, I kind of feel like uh, he's never, whilst well, so I'm not saying that we're, we're not Real Madrid and we're not Barcelona, um, but this is probably by far the best team, the best squad of players that he has ever managed. Um, and one thing that I'm concerned of is that I don't think he's a, he, he, you know he's, he's necessarily been able to handle that you know when he was at Alaves he was pulling together a team and he could just basically just go right we're going to defensively spoil this game we're going to try and nick a 1-0 we i've got i know i've got a lot of low quality players um a lot of loan signings we will just do what we can with this team there's less of an excuse for that we've got some good players here uh you know there's high quality players within you know within our within our squad and yeah, I don't think he's managed it very well at all. In 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 some in you know in some ways, and I don't think that he's learned from his mistakes in key games. One of the most frustrating things for me was uh, earlier in the season um, when we were playing against Brighton, and he thought that one nil away from home after we just scored a goal, that's it. Uh, let's shut up shop and let's uh, let's drop off. Can't do that, and we can't do that again. The game, you know, for the game this week, um, Brighton in every area of the pitch, uh, we are superior to them. Uh We have, and whilst you know, we should be taking the game to those teams, we should be beating those teams, and we should be, uh, you know, if we play to the best of our abilities, we should be looking at beating a team like Brighton two or three nil. Mm -hmm. And my concern was when he was telling when uh, Romeo said even when we're going forwards, Pellegrino wants us to to be focusing on defense. And that sort of that sort of mentality, yes, you know, it is, it is like eleven lads chasing after a ball like something in a playground. But at the same time, if you're committed to attacking, commit to attacking. And then once that element, once that patch, passage of play is over, then, you know, and then switch to what else you're gonna do? Mod- modify your in-game tactics, you know, that sort of right. thing. So constantly thinking you're defending whilst you're attacking probably explains why there are so many sideways passes at times. Uh-huh. I think that the players are so scared of losing their man, uh, that they're scared of actually going forward, um, especially in midfield. Uh so that's a big problem. That's something that I don't really understand about him. Um, will that change over time? I think that he's been told. By the Southampton hierarchy, that he's on thin ice with that. Um, you know, I don't buy the Virgil van Dyke excuse of of uh, van Dyke being a, a, you know the van Dyke situation being disruptive. You even play him where you don't. That's that that that's long and short of it. It doesn't explain why you know it doesn't explain at all the performances. Those players are professionals, and he's a professional. Should uh, get on with the job. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think that counts as a distraction. I, 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 I think it's too early to say, has he learned from his mistakes? Um. You know, Uh. but early signs are maybe possibly. Uh, but I guess we'll see at the end of the season. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's going anywhere.
0: Yeah. So the next question uh, comes from Ali May on Facebook, left a a Facebook uh, comment on, on, on the post and says, um, my question would be, is there anything that MP could do to retain his job for next season? And if so, what is it? And uh, I think there are definitely some fans who think that he is, he is, it's going to be another Claude Puel type situation. Um, He's going to manage the season. We're unhappy. He's gone. But I don't necessarily agree with that. Even if, even if, even if I'm not the biggest fan of him, I don't, I don't see him going anywhere.
1: No, I'd agree with that. And you know what? If he keeps us in the league this season, I think he need. I think he he should get another season. I think that we throw away managers too easily. Um, and yeah, you know, he has another great season. I think that he'll put his hands up to that and go. You know, in some elements, I haven't been good enough. And you know, and and, and in some elements, some of the players haven't been good enough. Uh, so you know, I. How do I? How can I envisage? Uh, Pellegrino keeping his job winning games that's it winning games you know that's that's all that matters now between now and the end of the season Uh, I'm not bothered so much about style I'm not bothered that much about tactics I'm concerned about winning games we're at a stage now where we've got 20 points we need points on the board and uh, that sprint to 40 starts now so I don't I don't care if we are shinning goals in, punching goals into the net like offered. I don't care what's happening at the moment. You know, I really don't, I really don't care how ugly we win it. It's a sprint to 40 now. Um, let's, let's kind of, you know, let's push on. And it's down to him and the players now. We're set up. He's got what he's wanted. He wanted curio in. He wanted to, you know, and, and, and it's down to them to just come now and produce. Excuses have got you know all of the excuses gone now. There there are no excuses for him not to do not to get on and do do his job. Um, and you know what? Maybe this is this is the difficult season. So you know maybe we'll see a completely different side next season. We we it's too it's too early to it's too early to tell. Um, but I think that you know I don't I think that you know it's not helped having Puel at Leicester, but that I. So in short, uh, what would he do, be able to do to keep his job? Yeah, it's just win games. That's all you need it to. It will change the whole atmosphere in the club. Uh, it will it will change the uh, mood of the fans. Just want to win some
0: games. Yeah, and, and I think we're past the uh, the point of, of being able to worry about style for this season, which which is unfortunate. You know, I think that's what yeah. we were hoping for coming into the season is something with a little bit more style, a little bit more flair. But now you're you're we're down at the bottom of the table, we're in the relegation zone. It's now just about survival and you know, yep. if you if you score a couple of screamers in there, you know, so be it. But the, the more important thing is that those screamers are the difference between us getting three points and getting, you know, one or, or zero points.
1: I don't care if we win shaky one nil games from now on until the end of the season, as long as the points are ours. That that, that that's my perspective. I and and you know, I've watched much worse Southampton teams in this, so you
0: know, let's, let's just get to the end of the season. Yeah. And massive week coming up this week, you know, uh, two, two really big games, two games that we, we, I didn't think one that we should win, even though Breitner are above yeah. us on the table. And then, and then coming up against West Brom, that is a, they, they seem to be coming into it. Rodriguez, you know, scored yesterday to, to put, I think Liverpool out of the cup. If I, if I read that correctly, yeah. um, I think he scored two. So, uh, yeah. you know. We'll see what kind of form he's in when he uh, or what kind of what kind of show he puts on when when, when we face them. But it's uh, like you said, it's important. Uh, This is a a big week and we got to, you know, we got to face the music now. It's time to to buckle down and and do it.
1: Pull your trousers up and get going. This is a test of everyone at the club, supporters, players, coaching staff. Senior management. This is a test of everyone's character from now on until the end of the season. And and from my perspective as a supporter, that's what I'll be judging those players and and and, and that coach on character. It gets hard. It 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 gets it gets uh it gets a bad press because Brendan Rodgers would constantly talk about great character in the team, but it, it's it's important and and that's that's what we need. Um, need these players to show a bit of character, stand up to be counted. We need Pellegrino to do that as well. He comes out every week in press conferences and field questions Um, and those players there. So, you know, so, and so the only time we get to see that is, is when they post some sort of generic Instagram comment or they're out there on the pitch and it's time for them to show that on the pitch. No ifs, no buts, no excuses. If we get relegated, yeah, you know, yeah, it's Pellegrino's fault, but it's also 11 players out there. It's their fault too.
0: Absolutely. All right, man. Well, that does it for, for me. Is there anything else that you'd like to to put out there? I think, I feel like we, we covered a lot. Um, you know, we didn't no. speculate on transfers as much, which I'm okay with. Yeah.
1: I, I think think you can speculate on transfers, but I think there's enough, there's enough out there. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. Speculation out there without me getting involved in that. So, you know, whoever we bring in, I'll, I'll support them a hundred percent. And I'm just looking forward to seeing, uh, what, seeing what happens next. So, yeah, uh, from my from my perspective, once again, you know, thanks uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, you guys know where I am on 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 uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Archers Road End, um, and uh, I'll, I'll probably have another blog out in the next few weeks or so. I'm not rushing anything because I've got a few other things
0: sure. on the, on the
1: boil. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. So well, you know, look
0: forward to that as always. Yeah,
1: great, thank you very much.
0: No problem. And we'll be sure to talk to you soon.
1: Take it easy and keep up the good work.
0: All right, man. Thanks. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with another episode and hopefully we'll have some points to talk about. Hopefully it'll be six points, maybe even four. And hopefully some of those points are on the board. Special thanks to my guest this week, Ben Hernandez-Stroud, who writes the Archers Road End blog and does so much more. Be sure to check out his blog at archersroad.wordpress.com or connect with him on social media at archersroadend on Twitter and Instagram and at facebook.com forward slash archersroadend. The links to all of those are in the show notes to make it easy. Connect with them. Let them know what you think. Additionally, you can get in touch with this show on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We're at facebook.com forward slash SFC And we're on Twitter and Instagram at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y. If you're interested in subscribing to the show so you do not miss an episode, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever else you get your podcasts. There are links in the show notes, or you can simply search Delivery anywhere you listen to podcasts and click subscribe. As always, this podcast is partnered with The Saints Report. For all your Southampton FC news and needs, be sure to check out The Saints Report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Special thanks to Matt of the We Are Southampton page who does the artwork for the show. For match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Once again, there are links in the show notes. Enjoy it. All music for this episode comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Bosscat Games, and the song you're listening to now is Aim Is True by Pottington Bear. We'll be back next week to discuss the two big matches coming up between now and then Brighton at home and West Brom away until then remember that together we march on.